Well, hello, folks. This is Tony motherfucking Purdue. I guess this is kind of a podcast. I don't know if that's what you call it. I don't really have any kind of agenda. I guess I'll just do a little rambling and see how this works. I'm about to go to my college class here. I take some electronics classes. And uh, I had a few minutes beforehand, so I thought I'd start chit-chatting, laying some stuff down on the old tape. It's not actually a tape, it's all digital, you know, nowadays. You got all that nonsense. But I got a little portable rig here. I could do it at home, but I kind of like the idea of the mobility. I got a little handheld mic here going into it which I kind of like. It's like old school reporter type deal, you know, or Bob Barker or something. I think it may be pretty cool to go around and uh, try to interview people, you know, maybe famous people and maybe weird people. I know lots of weird people and a few famous people, but you know, but I just, uh, some stuff I got going on in my life right now. I always got music going on. I sort of took a break there for a while. Uh, I got burnt out, you know, on the rockabilly stuff. I just, I wanted to try some different things and I got into the electronic thing. I really started having fun with that. You know, I had to get some different kinds of gear to try to do that. It's just something I've never tried to do. And I'm open to different kinds of music, you know, other than maybe butt rock or uh, bro country. That stuff is the worst. But um, I like a lot of different kinds of music and you kinda, it's easy when, as great as roots music, blues music, country music, all those things that I love, as great as that stuff is, you can get caught in rut because it has a lot of the same song structures and things like that. But, you know, some people would would argue, though, in a way, that's actually better because sometimes with those limitations, you have more creativity to, to, uh, to create, more creativity to create, whatever that means. But um, anyway, but I've been working with that electronic stuff, really been having a good time. It's, uh, I don't know what genre it is. I'm just trying different ideas. You know, some of it sounds like skate and rink music. Some of it sounds like more dark wave or uh, synth wave, whatever. You know, with my kind of crooner vocals, some people say I sound like the dude from Joy Division or something, but I don't know. I like to croon and stuff like that. And then I'm trying some more soul type stuff too, you know, with a little little bit of swing to it. I like to, I love soul music. I love uh, Barry White, you know, Al Green, Marvin Gaye, all that kind of stuff. I've never been able to try try out that kind of stuff. It's just not um, not feasible with a traditional rock and roll band setup. Well, I guess it could be. I don't know. Not for the way I was doing it anyway. So uh, yeah, I got. I got some shows coming up I'm excited about on St. Patrick's Day night at Maggie Myers in Huntsville, Alabama. 
I'm going to be playing with the TMFP band, Tony Purdue band, whatever you want to call it. I've been called worse. We're going to be doing the uh, rockabilly show, you know, with the our country, our famous style of country music and rockabilly, whatever it is. But with, uh, you know, the usual suspects, my good friends, Freddie Faust on upright bass, and then we got Mr. Andy Clark on lead guitar. That boy knows his way about around a fretboard, if you know what I mean. And then uh, we got the, the famous Michael Kilpatrick's gonna be playing drums for us that night. But I think it starts around nine-ish, and uh, however long, till the cows come home or whatever. But it should be fun. And uh, that leads me to another subject. Oh, first, let me go back to the other thing. Talking about the rockabilly stuff, I'm doing a separate project from that because it just doesn't mix with my electronic stuff. It's just, it's just too different. And I sort of can go off in all directions with the electronic stuff or whatever. But that project is Tony Purdue Overdrive. You know, that's a little wacky name for you, but <clears throat> but I'm doing that stuff. But I've got my very first electronic show. It's just going to be me solo on the 7th of March. Oh, excuse me, the 7th of April. I don't even know what month it is. I don't even know what I'm doing here. But it's on the uh, 7th of April. It's a Saturday. Starts at 8. I'm going to be doing two hours. I'll probably do some solo acoustic type country tunes or something at the beginning before I totally lose my mind with my freaking <clears throat> all my uh, synthesizer stuff. I just had a Subway pizza and it's like got me the climped whatever that is. Let me, let me take a sip of my Subway soda here. Just uh, just imagine I'm sipping a soda. It's, it's theater of the mind. <clears throat> That's why I was like, I'm going to try to do a podcast. You know, it's, it's kind of old-fashioned. Even though it's digital, you're hearing it on your computer, it's kind of a cool thing because it is theater of the mind. You're sort of, you're listening to me. <clears throat> listening to me clear my throat constantly, which is... Uh, very soothing for you and something you really want to hear but um video's cool you know but i like the old timey stuff my dad was a uh, disc jockey in the military they called him the alabama wild man he's always got stories from that that period of time he was uh he was an interesting guy he still is and uh he came he said he would come on the the air with foggy mountain breakdown and uh he's actually a guy that his records and just his uh kind of tunes he was into that's kind of what got me into rockabilly and old-timey country and all that so so i thank daddy for that <clears throat> but um anyway i was talking about that electronic stuff i forgot what i was saying earlier my mind goes in all directions. I'm, I'm bad about that. I have trouble focusing sometimes. Oh yeah, okay, I remember what I was gonna say.
my mind went back in the other direction again. So, uh, so yeah, we're playing St. Patrick's Day night with the TMFP band, the Tony Purdue band, whatever. I was real creative on that band name, huh? <laughs> Just do it my name. But, um, you know, we'll be playing St. Patrick's Night, which is a time more than many holidays known for drinking, you know, partying and all that. And just people that know me know that I don't do that anymore. I don't drink. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to drink. I, I love my sobriety. You know, there's nothing wrong. If that's your thing, if you want to do that, you know. That's more power to you. It's not my place to judge you. But um, I can tell you that in my life, it's been a little over three years now. I had to make some big changes. Um, alcohol was really uh, ruling my life. And I feel like anything outside of yourself that controls you or that you feel like you have to have to function, then there's a problem there. So, you know, that's just something to think about. And I've been very blessed in my life. Um, you know, I've had bad things happen, but sometimes you self-medicate and it's just not healthy, you know. You think that you can get rid of pain or get rid of heartache, but it's only temporary and it really doesn't work in the long run and makes things much, much worse as I might talk about later on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing I just thought I'd mention, that I'm proud to be sober, and, you know, maybe it's not for everybody, but it's been a huge deal for me, and it's really, really helped me be more who I was meant to be, I think, and to be more who I am because I felt like it was just taking away from who I was as a person. Because, you know, I have that personality. I can't do anything halfway. Everything is all or nothing, you know. So I think people with that can have an addictive personality. I think many people are like that. It's like they have trouble with moderation, which, you know, that's good when you're when you're a hard worker, certain things, I think it's good to be very passionate and to do something full on. That's how I have to do things. I don't feel satisfied if I'm halfway doing something. So, you know, it can be a positive aspect in your life, but definitely when it's something like that that controls you, it's not a good thing. So, like I say, I don't judge, but um, it's, it's been great for me, and honestly, anytime you would like to talk about it or you, you know, you need somebody to talk to, anybody that knows how to get a hold of me, I'm not going to put my phone number on here, but, you know, people that know how to contact me, maybe you can uh, shoot me a message too. If, if you need any kind of advice or anything, I may not have the best advice, but. I'm always willing to talk about it because I know people were there for me and that helped me get through some things. You know, just a lot of it is just having someone that you can, that can relate to what you're going through and someone you can talk to about it, I think makes a big difference. And I think that that was one of the big things that helped me out.
So that's one thing I thought I could talk about. You know, I got serious there. I, I do a lot of goofy stuff, and I, I really am a, I have fun being ridiculous and being goofy, but, you know, I do have a serious side also, and there's, I think a lot of uh, people that are silly, they also have a dark side. I definitely have a dark side, you know, I try not to dwell on that, but also I think life is about duality. Listen to me saying them fancy words. <laughs> There is a dark side to life, you know, and you embrace it, not embrace it, like go down that path. But I feel like you need to acknowledge it, I guess is the better word and not just be all lolly, lollipop lane stuff, you know, pretend like nothing bad is existing. And, uh, you know, I'm very open minded about about things. I have different kinds of beliefs. I, I definitely believe in God. I don't think I'm going to go into all that kind of stuff right now, but um, I definitely believe in spirits and God. You know, I know there's different versions of that and different religions and stuff, but like I say, I don't think I want to go into that, but it's always interesting to talk about. I have a... Uh, I have a passion. One of the things I have a passion for is learning about other cultures. I don't know why I'm just, I thought at one time or another, I was, I had the idea of being an anthropologist because I'm so interested and in, uh, in the way humans interact and uh, just different cultures and things. But I think it may be more involved with psychology and things like that because I actually I actually think it's more about the human condition and the way uh, our brains work. I think that might be, maybe I'm just more interested by that. Like, I'm obsessed with cults. Not that I want to be in a cult or start a cult, which, you know, might be a good money maker. If you want to go ahead and send me money right now to be in the TMFP cult, go ahead. But, um... I'm just fascinated because a lot of people get involved in cults and they're actually really smart people, some of them, you know, they're, but something about how a person influences them causes them to go down a path that actually, you know, manipulates them right that. And that's, that's fascinating to me. It's very interesting, but, um, I don't know. I did, uh, you know, I worked in television for many years at just low-power TV station, but I'd, I've literally made thousands of commercials over the years. And uh, that's another thing I think is fascinating. That's about uh, how we consume media and how we we are influenced by things that we hear and see, even if it's sort of indirectly, subconsciously. I, I think that's interesting. And uh, I don't know. That's that's one thing that's always fascinated me. But I can't believe I've gone this far rambling, literally by myself. I'm just sitting in my car right here. And uh, I'm actually at Calhoun right here where my next class is. I have to leave early at, from my day job on um, on Mondays to get here into class in time. And uh, 
so it's cool I had a little little in-between kind of deal it's funny it's funny I just to have this one little mic going on right here I just feel like Bob Barker but listen I got some some uh, thoughts out right there and I'm sort of sort of trailing off here so I don't know if I want to go much further here but I feel like this has been a good start it's kind of hard to talk a lot and especially I don't want to just talk about myself you know the whole time I mean yeah I'm freaking amazing and you know I'm just so full of knowledge and everyone worships me and I am just I'm so great and not none of those things are true actually but no, but I like to talk about other things than myself, so I'm thinking it might be cool, you know, to walk around, do some interviewing. I just realized that I repeat myself a whole lot, because I was just talking about those kind of things earlier, but I don't know. Trump does that a lot. I hope I'm not like him. That's scary. I hope I don't have that same mental disorder. I don't think anybody has that bad. So, um... Yeah, but it'd be cool. It's it's cool to have somebody interact with um, that makes it fun. So maybe I'll I'll do some more of that. I think it would be interesting to do the man on the street type um, interviews because it's just it's more random. It's more I don't think many people do that anymore as far as, you know, for a podcast type deal anymore like it's some old technology that's been around forever you know those old-timey podcasts from 1920s they don't do that much anymore well I'm just saying all kinds of nonsense here I wonder how much tape I still got I could keep going let me take another sip of my subway soda you know what? I should be uh, getting advertisements for this. Maybe I'll have to go by there and ask them for money next time. <laughs> hey, listen, I talked about your subways on the freaking uh, radio, the internet radio podcasting new media. It's crazy the way technology of has made it where so many people have access to it and can do so many things that used to take a gazillion dollars worth in a big studio and stuff it's it's pretty crazy even just the short period of time where i worked in uh media and stuff we had the the deck to deck type editing with video where it wasn't digital you were just you would have to rewind the tape, mark an end point, fast forward a tape, mark an out point, and then you'd have to hit edit, and it would rewind and go, <laughs> make that exact noise it sounded, it sounded like that. And then it would come back around, and it would make that cut in there, that edit where you'd be going from one deck to the record deck, and it would splice it right in that little space there but actually you couldn't get as exact as you can now now you can get down to the frame you know but back then it was sort of eh, it was like 
you could get it close a couple of frames or so difference but which was fine for most things and you kind of got a feel for it but it's so it was so cool when i first got to fiddle around with a non-linear editor i was like whoa this is amazing it was a panasonic post box it was it was it looked like a box too as freaking huge computers are so small now this was like i don't know i'm trying to think of a descriptive way to describe it but anyway it was a big ass computer and we could do all kinds of stuff on it it was running windows 95 so but i really uh i really learned a lot doing those kinds of jobs it was really um it was work but i just um it felt right you know there was a lot of creativity to it which i really enjoy and i don't know that was just a Another phase of my life, earlier in my life, and then I kind of went and did some different things. I've always tried to do music, you know, even just here and there, if it's not much to it, just just to get that um, out of me, because, you know, like John Lee Hooker says, the boy's got the boogie-woogie, you got to let it get out. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that's... <laughs> It's not exactly what he said, but, you know, I'm using boogie-woogie as an analogy for creativity. Oh, I'm so deep. How did I get so deep? Just can't take it. Wonder how long I've been talking. Let's see what this... Oh, man, over 20 minutes. <clears throat> I've been talking to myself. For over 20 minutes, that is so impressive. Oh, 22? Oh, snap. Using them hip 90 word, 90s word, 90 word, I can't talk. Using those hip 90s words. That's another thing that's crazy. Um, not, not everybody knows this, but I have epilepsy. No joke, which uh, sucks pretty bad. I haven't had a seizure in a very long time, so don't worry about me. I'm fine. But I do take medication for it every day, and it kind of it kind of affects my speech occasionally. I'll, like, slur a word or something, but it's weird. And if I don't take it right on time, I'll sort of I'll feel my motor skills kind of get all funky or stuff. It's very strange. So, uh... You know, and I have anxiety and depression. I act all cocky sometimes just for fun. And it's sort of characters, different characters I consider I'm playing. But, you know, I'm a human being. Barely. Barely, but, you know, I still am, kind of. But, um, man, that, that electronic stuff, though, it's such a different workflow that electronic music I've been fiddling with it's I don't know I'm my old the way I've always written songs is I've just come up with chords on a guitar a chord progression and uh, and get some lyrics for it but starting a different way with like synth layers of synth and even drum you know fat beats it's just, uh, it's kind of got me out of my comfort zone, and which has been a beautiful thing. 
And I, f I feel like that's good advice. That that's one thing I've learned for anybody creative, like a musician or even like an artist, anything. Um, I've found that the way to, if you're in a rut with your creativity and you feel like you're in a rut, is to do something different creatively, but something that's out of your wheelhouse, you know, that's completely different um, discipline, but it's something creative also. You know, it can be music, like if say you're a musician, try a different, completely different kind of music, try a completely different kind of instrument. Even if you don't know what the hell you're doing, which is how I pretty much live my life, it's a, uh, it gives you a new approach on something, which it gives you creative energy. That's what, that's what I've found, but you know, you may want to try it and you may not. You may want to just keep playing the same old loot you've been playing, but hey, if it works for you, that's all right. It works for Angus Young, playing that doggone SG for so long through them loud-ass Marshall amps. Boy, I love ACDC. That's uh, random, but you know, that's a good band. It's a good rock and roll band. And uh, yeah, like I say, I like all kinds of music. Not all kinds of music, but many kinds of music. I don't, I don't care for that poppy. It's considered, I hate that they even use the word country because it's just not country, you know. It's To me, country has a lot to do with authenticity and, uh, you know, the stuff that you hear on the radio or or uh, see on whatever, most of CMT and all that. I don't even keep up with all that anymore, but it's so generic and trite and made to appeal to the common denominator as for the masses. And uh, I don't know. I've always just seeked out things. I've always tried to seek out music and try to find new things. That's always been exciting for me. And I kind of, I always liked music. I got into rockabilly when I was younger, my dad's records and stuff. But later on, you know, I started listening to 80s pop and all that stuff too. There's, there's some pretty cool 80s stuff that, that I was digging when I was growing up. I I had like a box of cassettes and stuff. I had like Huey Lewis and the News and all kinds of crap like that. But um I was living in a trailer park in Vinemont, Alabama, which is in Coleman County, Alabama. Maybe you've heard of it. And uh, I remember I remember one of the main things that got me into underground music is I used to uh I used to have that thing of cassettes, and it was it was good music, you know, it was okay, but it was like Huey Lewis and News, mostly pop stuff, and I remember trading that box of cassettes for my very first skateboard, and it wasn't even wood, it was like one of those freaking like ones from the 60s that are just sort of that plasticky stuff, and it was this tiny little board, it sort of bowed in the middle, you know. But it was so cool to have a board of wheels on it. And I remember we had these little patches in the trailer park where it's sort of, I guess it's like where the porch would be. So you had a little uh, flat part. So there was an empty lot next to our trailer. 
and I would go over there and try different moves and stuff, and uh, it was so fun. And once I did that, I realized how much I loved skateboarding. And then I got a better board eventually. My mom and dad got me one. I remember it said Flying Brian or something on that. It wasn't like a pro board, but it was was way better than that little roller skate thing I had. And uh, I got that. And then I was like, well, let me learn more about this skateboarding. And this was in the 80s or whatever in Coleman County, Alabama, which means there was no scene really that I knew about. I was just from the country for the most part. And uh, I didn't know many people that the other people that skateboarded. So I would go to uh, used to be Bookland, I think. Now it's books a million. They've moved and all that. But I would go there and it. I would find I was like, this Thrasher magazine. And I was like, what is this? Because I had a dude skating on it. I started getting those and I was. It opened up a whole new world to me. Because uh, started flipping through it and they even had sections where it was uh, reviewing music and different things. And it was these bands I'd never heard of, you know, from California and all that. I didn't know anything about it. They didn't have the internet back then, so I couldn't just Google a subject and find out about it instantly. You had to read a book, or magazines were kind of like the the semi-recent stuff, you know. It wasn't like a newspaper, but for things outside of your local area, you could find out about in a monthly fashion. So... Anyway, and even the ads in these Thrasher magazines, it was for, you know, they'd have like, uh, of course, a lot of skate equipment type ads, which were cool, but they would also have ads for like music shirt, you know, band t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. And I started looking there, oh, Misfits, what is this? This cool skull logo, you know, and JFA and, you know, Descendants, all these bands I'd never heard of. And, uh... I was like, what is this? So then, then I had some leads. Then I was like, okay, I got to check these bands out. I got to find out what this is all about. So then I could go to the record stores, what little I had access to. There was a Pharaoh shop back then and all that stuff. I would try to find some of these bands. Every once in a while, I would even somehow get a ride and be able to get to Huntsville and go to a bigger record store and try to find more rare stuff or rare to me, you know, maybe not everybody, but so when I would do that, I, I started listening to it. I heard like circle jerks. I got into all that stuff, all that punk rock. And that's what got me into that punk rock. You know, it was so raw. It was so good at the time, you know, and I was an angst-filled young man, so it fit just right. And then I also started getting into the thrash metal. I was like, what is this? This is so heavy. And this is like, I feel the anger. <laughs> I feel the the isolation, whatever, you know. I was always different, and it felt cool to hear that, to get some of that rage out, you know. So uh, I say you know a lot. I'm just noticing that. I haven't even listened. I haven't even gone back to listen to this to make sure it recorded properly. But guess what? 
by the time I finish recording this, I am going to go back and listen to it to see if it recorded properly. So by the time I actually hear myself saying this, I will have listened to it. So that's freaky. That's like meta right there. I'm taking it to the next level. This is uh, some Inception shit. So anyway, yeah, I got into the different kinds of music. I really got into Anthrax, too. Got into the heavier stuff. I enjoyed. I still enjoyed the punk rock, but Anthrax, man, that was my band for a while because, you know, they were heavy, but they also didn't take themselves too seriously. They had some, uh, they had some fun stuff too. It was kind of ridiculous, and uh, I really dug that. I liked the ridiculousness and the heaviness. So, I, I liked them enough to where I actually joined the Anthrax fan club. And that was back when you had to actually mail stuff out, you know, and they would mail me stuff like they, they mailed me an official Anthrax fan club card. And uh, I remember I got a big poster. It was like Headbangers Ball presents Anthrax on tour with Halloween. Oh, excuse me. Halloween, not Halloween. I'd be lame. It's Halloween. Oh, and Exodus, too. But it was this huge poster, and I was like, man, this is freaking awesome. So I started getting into that metal nonsense. I I remember my first Black Sabbath I got on cassette. It was a Master of Reality. And I put that in. I got it like the gas station or something, I remember. I just heard of the band. I didn't know anything about it other than I think it was like heavy metal and listen to it, I was like, dude, this is, this is awesome. I was, I didn't do drugs or anything back then. I didn't drink. Most of my life I've not drank or done hardly anything. So they had that song Sweet Leaf and I was like, what is this even about? I don't understand, but this song is really heavy and really cool. So I like this band. So that was my first Black Sabbath experience. I remember living in Vinemont, one of the the most exciting times, or really anybody in Coleman, was the Coleman County Fair. But right, being right there in Vinemont, it was fairly close. So I remember going there. Uh, one memory, I remember going there when I was really young. And they, I don't know if anybody remembers, but they used to, one of the prizes is that you would get this little small mirror with a little cardboard frame around it and it would have like a band <clears throat> excuse me wow it would have like a band or something on the mirror like a logo or something and i remember i won uh dio holy diver and it had like the the cover of holy diver on there and i remember being so proud of that freaking little thing i won i put it on my wall it was uh like i say we live in a trailer me and I had a brother, I have a brother, John, and uh, we shared a room. We didn't have a lot of money. And uh, I remember getting into skateboarding. It was like, it was one room, but I, I seen on these little skateboarding movies, the few that I'd seen, they always had flyers all over the walls and stuff spray painted. So I ended up putting flyers all over half, my half of the room. I covered the entire wall and ceiling with flyers that was my goal so it literally covered that whole area for a while it was it was ridiculous but you know 
I guess my parents actually humored me and they put up with it. So, which speaking of, you know, I was a, I was always an outsider. And when I was in middle school, I think was the first time that I uh, bleached out my hair. Had some weird looking hair. It was like bleached with his dark roots underneath or something. I, was, I guess I saw those California dudes and I thought that was the thing to do and the punk rockers. And I kind of, uh, I started doing that. And then eventually, of course, I got into the manic panic and I was like, I gotta do my hair blue, green, whatever, red. So I started doing that and then spiking my hair and all this nonsense. And uh, yeah, I like that punk rock. But as you can imagine, in the 80s, hair like that in Coleman, you were like a freaking alien or something. So, and you know, and I didn't care. I was all right. But I always felt weird, you know. I was never. But I love sports. I actually, uh, I always hated football. I don't. I still don't like football. You know, I'm a rare person in Alabama that doesn't like football. But I always liked some sports. Like I, I played soccer a lot when I was younger, which was really cool. But I only played ASO because back then they didn't have high school type programs for soccer or they didn't where I went to high school at Holly Pond and then you know Vinemont before that but um it was a interesting time for sure there was uh there was a lot that went on I was kind of rebellious I didn't want to be mean. I don't think I was hateful rebellious. I had some rage. I'm, I know like probably any outsider, you know, weird kid did. But I don't think I had hate behind it. I just wanted to be myself. I think that's always all I wanted to be is just myself, which I think a lot of people are like that. But I think some people have trouble finding themselves. You know, they they know it's easier to assimilate to just become part of everybody else what they're doing it's very hard to stand out on your own and say this is me you know and some people are more average or not average but just more considered normal for society and that's cool too and that's one of the things that's why i have friends of all walks of life because because to me, that's what's most important. If someone is themselves, no matter who they are, especially if they're a good person, of course, and they're, you know, they've got a good heart, that's important to me. But, you know, I have friends that are rednecks. I have friends that are politicians. I have friends that are just gutter punk. You know, you just never know. But I know lots of people, and I, I just, I'll look at a person's heart. That's the most important thing more than anything. It doesn't matter their looks, their... You know, whatever. That's the real deal. So, uh, so yeah, but, but when I was a rebellious teenager, I think, yeah, it was middle school. Yeah, middle school. I'm trying to remember. Was it middle school? Yeah, middle school. I was going to Vinemont, and, uh, you know, I was into the whole anarchy-type logos and uh, that aesthetic and all that stuff with the skateboarding and the punk rocking and all that jazz and uh i used to get bored uh i would get dropped off at school and and home 
in my home class or whatever, I forget why, I think it's because my mom or some or somebody went into work early and I, I rode with them instead of riding the bus or something. But anyway, they would drop me off. I'd be there in homeroom really early and I'd be one of the first people there a lot of times. I would just get bored and I don't know, I got this thing where I got into like setting stuff on fire. I don't know what that was about, but it was it was exciting. Not really exciting, but it was something to do and you know, whatever. So I, I've learned I learned when I would start coming in there that there was chalkboard cleaner in the room that they would use of course to clean the chalkboard. But I discovered I would carry a lighter, you know, for for some reason, just I guess so I could randomly set something on fire, you know. In hindsight, that's probably not a real smart move, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so I discovered this chalkboard cleaner was highly flammable. And I said, this is really cool. I'm getting in there in the classroom before anybody. I can get out this uh, chalkboard cleaner and I can like spray it on stuff and set it on fire. So I would spray it on the wall I tried that and then I, I got my lighter and I set it on fire and it would sort of flame up and then burn out. And I said, well, that is really cool. I got to do this on a bigger scale, you know. So I was like, man, I'm really being cool now. This is really rebellious and uh, ridiculous. <laughs> so one day I got the freaking brilliant idea. <laughs> that I would take this, this can of uh, chalkboard cleaner. And I said, okay, there's this giant freaking green chalkboard. Let me get this uh, chalkboard cleaner. So I took the chalkboard cleaner, spray, sprayed a giant anarchy symbol on the uh, chalkboard with this chalkboard cleaner, you know, in the shape of an anarchy symbol. And I guess you know what came next. So busted out my lighter lit that thing up that whole freaking thing lit up it was beautiful it was a giant burning anarchy symbol on a chalkboard so you can imagine in your mind's eye what that looks like so that was going on and i said but then immediately it was cool for like a split second and then immediately i was like what have i done because the wall started catching on fire and I'm like, holy crap. So I grabbed my book. I was trying to put it out. It was like, it was just going off. It was totally burning. And uh, I was freaking out. And uh, so I, I kept hitting it with my hands, with my book. I finally got the, uh, finally got it put out. <laughs> and uh, then I looked up, you know, there's a giant black, anarchy symbol now on the board where it had burned into the chalkboard so so it wasn't like a cool little thing where i made a flame i'd actually destroyed the chalkboard by doing that so i remember this oh i wish i could remember her name but right after that happened i sort of i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i how do i explain this so i remember sitting down at my desk just trying to figure out I don't know what I'm gonna do about this this blonde girl you know a square a real square like somebody you know just one of the run-of-mill people she walked in 
And she, her jaw just dropped when she saw the giant burn-in anarchy symbol on the chalkboard. She looked straight at me and was like, Tony, I know you did it. And then she left and told on me. You know, probably as she should have. It was a dumb thing. But anyway, I was mad at her, of course. So, uh, so they come back and they were just beyond angry, beyond angry. So I had to leave that school. <laughs> they were not happy with me. I got tons of, tons of paddlings. I forget how many licks. It was a crazy number. I can't remember, but back then when they paddled people, I don't know if they, I guess they don't do that anymore. I don't know, but so I got in some major trouble with that, and that's when, I don't know if I was kicked out or if, uh, I can't remember for sure, I think I was just kicked out of the school, but I think it, either that or my dad and mom thought it was best for us to go somewhere else, but I think I was actually kicked out of that school. So anyway, fast forward, I ended up moving to uh, Holly Pond High School, you know, and I was there for a while. That's where I graduated. Uh, that was a, that was even smaller than Vinemont, if you don't know anything about Coleman. And that was more interesting stuff. But I think I've rambled long enough. I probably need to get get in here and go to school soon. And I uh, can't believe it. I'm 41. I'm still learning stuff. And that's a good attitude to have. I think you should constantly be learning. No matter if you're 837, because there's so many 837-year-old people walking around today, like Moses and Bethuselah and all those biblical people, the Gat, all that stuff. So, uh, man, this has been fun, just talking to myself like a freaking maniac. What's funny is if I'm sitting in my car right now, and I'm in the parking lot of Calhoun College, so if uh, anybody's driving around, oh, there's a cop rolling around. He's probably like, what, am, what is this guy even doing? That's what I was about to say, because I'm holding a microphone in my hand in my car, and I'm talking very expressively, because I, I can't hardly not talk with my hands. And uh, they're probably like, what is that guy doing? So anyway... But that's the deal. I'm going to get off of here, and uh, I hope you have a good afternoon, night. It's afternoon right now. I probably won't get this uploaded until tonight or later on or something. But hope things are going well for you. Be sure to uh, go to TonyPurdue.com. That's where you get all the Tony Purdue stuff. Follow me on, on Twitter, Twitter.com slash... Tony Purdue. Get me on Facebook. I'm uh, Facebook.com Tony Purdue 76. I don't know why I have to put the dot com at the beginning like you Facebook dot like you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I'm old school like that. HTTP. Anyway. Yeah, and I'm also on what do you call it? I'm, I was trying to make a dumb joke, but I ran out of steam. But I'm on all kinds of other forms of media and all that jazz. But I would, I'd like you to go check out TonyPurdue.com if you haven't already. It's got 
my music on there with the with the guys with in the rockabilly band and then some of my solo electronic stuff I've been working on. I tried to separate it so because I realized that some people may hate the electronic stuff but think the rockabilly stuff is cool or vice versa or they may hate it all and in that case just go to it anyway and enjoy that just have fun hating on me <laughs> uh yeah so anyway but we're playing the rockabilly bands playing playing saint patrick's day night at maggie myers in huntsville alabama and I will be at Straight to Ale doing my electronic show with Tony Purdue Overdrive. It's just my solo project. Um, it'll be April 7th. That's a Saturday starting at 8. I'll be doing about two hours worth. And that'll be a lot of fun. But that's at Straight to Ale in Huntsville, Alabama. Like you're surprised, I play Huntsville all the freaking time, it seems like. Or most of the time when I play, I do anyway. I haven't played many shows lately, so. But listen, y'all have a good Y'all stay in it. I don't really have a catchy thing to say at the end. I need to come with a catchphrase. Catch that fever. That's something kind of, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have anything. My my catchphrase is just me rambling way longer than you expected. I can't believe I've been doing it for this long. But hey, if y'all like this, if y'all dig it, let me know. Put some comments on there. If you got any ideas for something you want me to talk about, let me know. I'd love to please you, if you know what I mean. So, but have a lovely evening, a beautiful morning, and a fantastic tomorrow. We'll see you next time. Peace. Pete. Wait. Oh, man. I sound like I'm going through puberty. Let me try that again. Peace. There we go. That sounded like the guy from Cypress Hill. All right. Later, y'all. Bye-bye.